Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Decrypt.co, my name is Matthew Aaron. Today, Binance gets a cryptocurrency emoji on Twitter. Hackers hack California University's academic data and ransom it for Bitcoin. And in our main story, Ethereum 2.0 on the Decrypt Daily. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today is July 1st. Can you believe it? It's July 1st. It seems like 2020 is half over and it didn't even begin. But a lot of stuff happened. I guess it's just my attention was so into the news and different crazy events happening throughout this year that it just blew by. Man, that was fast. But I'm recording this at 1.07 p.m. Eastern Time. And you know what time it is. It's time for the money. Today in the cryptocurrency market, we are green across the board. Bitcoin is up $70 from yesterday, sitting at $9,271. Ethereum is up 2% from yesterday, sitting at $231.37. Litecoin is up a full percent from yesterday at $41.88. Bitcoin Cash is up a full percent from yesterday at $225.58. And XRP is up a half a percent at $17.8 cents. In our main story today, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin came out and gave us an update on Ethereum 2.0. And joining us today is our good friend Tim to talk all about it. Tim, can you please introduce yourself? Hey, it's Tim Copeland, news editor at Decrypt. So Tim, Vitalik Buterin came out yesterday talking about Ethereum 2.0. Can you tell us in brief what he said about the release of this new Ethereum? Sure. He said that Ethereum 2.0 won't scale for about two years, so that other technology is needed to kind of fill that gap in the meantime. Excellent. And what what solutions did he propose for filling that gap? Uh, so he highlighted ZK rollups. Um, they're a technology that batches transactions off the chain and then every now and again uploads them onto the chain. And it reduces the load on the Ethereum blockchain and enables it to handle thousands more transactions. ZK rollups. The ZK stands for zero knowledge. Can you explain what does zero knowledge mean? So it's a complex form of cryptography that is designed to promote privacy. What it does is it stops personal information being revealed. So it hides things like transaction information and details of the address that makes the transaction. Okay, so zero knowledge. Let me give you some examples in real day-to-day life what zero knowledge could look like. Let's make this of two people. One person that wants to prove something, the prover, and one person that wants to verify something, the verifier. Let's say this prover wants to prove that they're over 21. How would they go about doing that? Well, they don't want to give you their information. They don't want to tell you their birth date. They don't want to tell you their exact age, but they want to let you know that they're over 21. One way they could do it is to go into a store and come out with beer. For the verifier, they see the beer in your hand. So logically, you must be over 21 to buy the beer, but they don't believe you that first time. Maybe they tell you to go to another convenience store and buy beer. Well, you walk into the store and you come out with a six pack. Now you have two instances from two different stores that you bought beer. The verifier is happy. 
you proved that you are over 21. Let's use another example. Let's say you tell everybody that you have the code to this safe. Well, they say, give me the code. Well, you don't want to give them the code because then they, have, they will have the code to the safe as well. So how do you prove that you have the code? Well, very easy. You open the safe. You prove to them that you have the code by opening the safe and they verified that you have the code because they see the safe open. They don't believe you the first time. It might've been a fluke. They didn't test. Maybe the safe wasn't even closed the first time. So they close it, twist a little handle, lock it back up and you do it again. You have now proven twice that you have the code for the safe, not releasing that code to everybody else. That's zero knowledge. Okay, let's get back to Tim. And by doing this and by using zero knowledge and this new integration, what does that actually do for Ethereum? How does this change from what we're currently using and what's going to be proposed to roll out in the future until the new, the actually finished product of Ethereum 2.0? So the main difference is that it's happening off the chain. So Ethereum 2.0 is designed to be a fundamental upgrade to the chain itself that will enable it to handle many more transactions. But in the meantime, that's not there. So the current blockchain can only handle around like 14 or 15 transactions per second. So by using this off-chain technology, in the meantime, they're able to process thousands of transactions until the main blockchain is ready. I think the difference is it's a bit more cumbersome to use ZK rollups, a bit more complicated on the back end. With this introduction of ZK rollups, will we still see the introduction of proof of stake? Yeah, completely. So ZK rollups is is a separate scaling mechanism that's kind of happening ancillary to what they're doing on the main chain. So the main chain is going towards proof of stake and it will have shards, but there's a lot of factors in it that will happen over the next few years, whereas ZK rollups are available now. I wonder what the difference between proof of work and proof of stake is. I bet the managing editor of Decrypt, Stephen Graves, can let us know. Stephen? So proof of work is one of the main consensus protocols used by cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin to confirm transactions. It involves miners using their computer hardware to solve a complex mathematical puzzle. The first miner to solve the puzzle gets a reward for their work. The problem is, because it relies on miners solving the puzzle through brute force, it's very energy intensive and results in miners consuming a lot of electricity. Proof-of-stake is an alternative consensus protocol, and the one that Ethereum 2 is looking to switch to. Instead of miners, participants in the network stake their cryptocurrency. The creator of a new block is chosen by the network based on how much crypto they've staked, and how long they've staked it for. Instead of being rewarded for creating the blocks, participants are rewarded in transaction fees. Removing the element of miners competing to solve a complex puzzle means that proof-of-stake networks use much less energy than proof-of-work ones. Thank you, Stephen. Now, back to Tim. I was reading that this ZK rollups, this workaround, is a centralized party or a centralized system. There could be vulnerabilities to this sort of centralized system. Can you explain if I'm correct that there are vulnerabilities? And if there are vulnerabilities, what are those vulnerabilities? So the big problem is when you do a zero-knowledge proof setup, um, it's very complicated cryptography, and it involves a set of people who have to be trusted in the setup, i.e. they see information that they could use to break open the system. If they keep hold of that information, and sometime later they abuse the system, that would be bad for the network. And that's basically the big worry about it. And it's present in other privacy coins such as Zcash, but 
the rewards are great because the rewards are massive increase in privacy and a massive increase in throughput in terms of the rollups. And just on a personal opinion or a personal note, um, do you think sacrificing the possible security of the chain by having being centralized for the benefits of the efficiency of the chain is a good compromise? Yes, I think that with a system like this, you have layers. So at the bottom of the layer, you want to have the most trustless technology possible. And that's especially the case with Bitcoin and, and similar with Ethereum. And then you want to build it up in layers. And at the top layer, at the top level, it can be completely trusted. So at the top level, you might have a custodian or a, so like a wallet. But as you go down the layers, you want it to be more decentralized and more trustless. Another question uh, uh, based off your opinion. I, I saw this news and I was underwhelmed. I guess when Ethereum 2.0 or any kind of um, utterance of moving in the direction of 2.0, I thought we we're going to get this whole new chain, this whole new concept. They're going to release something that was going to, I guess, change blockchain or cryptocurrency or you know, take Ethereum into the more modern blockchain level. But it just seems as a Band-Aid solution. Am I right with this? And am I right with feeling underwhelmed? Or is this a bigger deal than I think it is? I think there's two parts to that. Fundamentally, Ethereum 2.0 is a massive project. It's a huge idea. And you can't code something like that in a few days. Um, it's a multi-year project. And it will take a long time for that to be finalized. But there's definitely things to be excited about. And if it works... It'll be, it'll be a pretty incredible demonstration of the technology, but you can't expect to have something so big happen so quickly. With roll-ups, it's not, this isn't an announcement of a new technology. This is something that's just, the technology's there. Um, I think Vitalik's trying to get more people to use it. He's trying to say, look, Ethereum 2.0 isn't going to let you have thousands of transactions a second for a good two years. So why not just start using this technology now? because it already exists and it's already effective to start getting more people using gaps and to start increasing adoption today. Thank you, Tim. Cheers, man. Have a good one. And now moving on to other news. In my favorite news of the day, Binance got their own crypto emoji on Twitter. A couple months ago, Bitcoin got their own emoji. Hashtag BTC would give you a little Bitcoin. It was pretty cute. Then crypto.com got theirs. Hashtag CRO. And now Binance has theirs, hashtag BNB, and a little Binance logo pops up. It's estimated that they could have paid anywhere from $50,000 to $1 million to get this done. Rumor has it that Pepsi and Anheuser-Busch paid upwards around $1 million for their custom emojis. Do you think it's worth it? Email me, MatthewAaron at decryptmedia.com. Let me know. And at California University, Hackers targeted the San Francisco School of Medicine, and they basically stole their data, data that they needed for medical research, and held it at ransom for $1 million in Bitcoin. Well, the school paid around $1.14 million to the individuals behind the malware attack to get their data back. Hacks like this are actually very common. And in 2019, a cybersecurity company, MSISOF, they estimated that the total ransom payments demanded in 2019 were around $25 billion. But that actually pales in comparison to the amount of money that it actually could have cost these companies. They estimated around $170 billion. Another security firm, Coveware, they estimated that it takes an average of 16 days for an enterprise affected by ransomware to restore their networks. While the average downtime for these companies is a little hard to calculate, it is estimated that it costs these companies around $5,600 per minute while they're down. 
So it's a little unsurprising to learn that 33% of these companies actually pay the ransom demanded. And on a side note, a conversation that I had with a friend of mine who works in cybersecurity in Singapore, he told me that part of his job is to search the web, the dark web, for these kind of attacks and attackers. And he said that one thing that they're always looking for and one of the biggest use cases for cryptocurrency is ransomware and ransom attacks. I really hope that the Bitcoin and Monero volume is just not criminals holding data for ransom. And finally, esports is getting bigger and bigger. You know, the esports athletes, they can get paid really well by just playing video games. And we all just want to sit at home, play video games, and get paid for it. Well, now you can create your own crypto-powered esports tournaments. Veracity is a company that launched a feature that lets you create crypto-powered esports tournaments. This product uses blockchain technology to ensure people are watching advertisements on the platform. To quote the co-founder, RJ Mark Hain, the point is that anybody can set up a tournament. Most esports players have no way to make money from their gaming, but Veracity allows them to create small tournaments with jackpots that are either partially funded by sponsors like Veracity or just amongst their fan club. This is actually really inspiring because there's lots of people out there that love playing games, have a little bit of following on like Twitch, YouTube, or TikTok, and now they can create their own tournaments amongst their friends, family, and fans. That sounds like a win-win for everybody. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into today's episode. Remember, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a comment. You can email me at MatthewAaron at DecryptMedia.com. Don't forget, follow us on our Twitter, DecryptMedia, and my personal, MatthewAaronSHO, Matthew Aaron Show. We will see you tomorrow. Have a good day.